Welcome to episode 37 of the Practical EdTech Podcast. I'm Richard Byrne. Today is Friday the 13th, March 13th, 2020. Let's get right into this podcast. As always, I have some news and notes, some thoughts, and some answers to questions from readers and listeners and viewers like you. So first of all, let's talk about COVID-19 or coronavirus and the response from the EdTech community, the EdTech business community. Uh, many of them are making their products free to schools. I'll talk more about that in a minute, but I want to run down some notable names in this area or this field that have made uh, some good guides and or made some of their products freely available to schools that need them, including Microsoft, which includes Flipgrid. Uh, they've been assembling a great big list of resources uh, in a that's in a wakelet collection. Uh, Mike Tolson, who is uh, the product manager for uh, Microsoft Education, has been assembling this, and there's a whole bunch of resources there on making the transition to teaching online. So there's that. Adobe this morning or last night announced that they are making many of their products free to schools that need them with the limitation of until May 31st. Cisco offers their WebEx platform, their their webinar platform, free to schools that need it. What I like about WebEx, or, or the reason I'm mentioning WebEx here, is that they also provided some nice guides to making the transition to online teaching and some guides to using WebEx, obviously. Uh, but they're, they're really easy to follow guides, and they've included parents in the guides. That's the piece that's really important. They've included some guides for parents, which I think some other webinars or some other programs are not necessarily including like what should parents do at home to support uh, to support their their students who might be stuck at home for 14 days or longer. Uh, Zoom Zoom.us has lifted the 40 minute limit on their free plan for schools who email them and reach out for that. Rel slightly related note, Zoom is one of the few stocks in the stock market that has kind of weathered the storm this week, if you will. Uh, Zoom, you know, they're down today, but overall they're not being beaten down the way that many other stocks have been in the last week and a half or so. Uh, so yeah. Do not take any stock market advice from me, by the way. And one other notable player in this area that I should point out, Scholastic has put together a collection of activities for home, 20 home activities that you can share with uh, parents to do at home with their students. As you can see, if you're watching the video of this, uh, it's arranged by grade level. So check out those resources. Uh, coming up this weekend, Otis, uh, the Otis Learning Management System, Otis Learning Management Platform, Otis.com, is hosting a couple of webinars on uh, making that transition to online teaching. I really like the folks at Otis. Uh, I'm a little bit biased. I, you know, I've met many of them. I've, in the past, done some work with them. Not currently doing any work with them. I just like the folks, and I think they have a nice mission. And uh, 
So check that out. Even if you're not an Otis customer, the webinars I think will be useful to you just from a uh, pedagogical perspective. Moving on to other news and notes in the world of ed tech this week. Slido, which was one of my favorite new tools of 2019, you'll find it at slide.do. They have an awesome Google Slides add-on that lets you create and deliver polls directly in your slides editor. You don't need to use any third, uh, I shouldn't say third, any second screen. You can do it all right there within your slides editor. Really slick tool. They came out with a plugin for PowerPoint. And I have to say that as excited as I was for it, I was equally disappointed when I actually went to try it. Now, to be fair to them, it's still in beta. So there's going to be some quirks, but I found it exceptionally quirky when I tried to give it a when I when I tried to try it this week. But they're offering a webinar next week on how to set it up. So I'm going to go to that webinar and hopefully some of those quirks will be worked out by then. Still think it's worth mentioning. Google Docs finally has a feature that people have wanted for years, it seems. You can now set images in place in your Google document. Kind of nice. Lock them in place. That, to, that feature will be rolling out now until a couple weeks from now, depending on your G Suite domain. But available to all users. And another little Google update, Gmail. Well, now that you have multiple signatures. So the way I the way I envision this being useful is if you have a signature you would like to use for sending emails to students and a signature you'd rather use for sending emails to parents or emails to colleagues, you can make that transition really quick and easily. So multiple signatures, kind of useful. So for example, I might have a signature in all of my emails as Mr. Byrne, but when I'm emailing my colleagues, I might have a signature of just Richard, something like that. Uh, Edpuzzle has updated their user interface to make it a little bit easier to use. And I'll be making a video about that over the weekend. So check that out. Speaking of other videos that I've made, I made a video about Zoom last weekend. That's up on my YouTube channel. If you want to try to use Zoom, check that out. And I also made a video about Watch Together this week. Watch Together is a free service you can use to share a video and have real-time discussion about it with anyone you share your link to. They also support audio files. So if you just want to have a chat about an audio file, you can do that as well. Have a live online chat about an audio file. Use it with video, use it with audio. You could even use it with just a picture if you wanted to, or a, or a GIF, an animated GIF. You can check those out. And last but not least, uh, Monkey Learn is a new word cloud generator. I just discovered it this afternoon. As you might guess, paste in a bunch of text, it spits out a word cloud. I don't know that the world needs another word cloud generator or not, but there you go. There it is. So let's talk about some thoughts and reflections from this week in my classroom, this week in school, this week in the world. Uh, first of all, uh, 
this morning, I got an email from our superintendent, as did all of my colleagues, got an email from our superintendent, that we need to have two weeks worth of at-home lessons ready to go. So we need to get those together. One of the things I'll be doing this weekend. Doesn't mean our schools are closing, but schools are closing rapidly around us. Uh, our statewide uh, scholastic athletic Association has announced they're shutting down all activities until the end of April. Uh, Special Olympics activities were all shut down until the end of April. Uh, all of our school gatherings, after school events, things like that have all been shut down until at least the end of April. So, yeah. So, even up here in Maine, in a small community, we are being impacted by this. We have, uh, you know, I live in a town of about 7,000 people. A small town, and you know we're being affected by it as well. Uh, now, as I mentioned at the beginning, I have some thoughts about the edtech reaction, the edtech business world's reaction to or response to the spread of COVID nineteen and schools closing. As I tweeted last night, uh, it was probably eight fifteen last night that I tweeted it. It was after that after I'd had dinner. Put my girl, put my daughters to bed, and I came downstairs to do a little cleanup uh, in my kitchen. <laughs> if you want to know what I was doing, cleaning my kitchen, and it just happened to open up my email while waiting for something. I don't remember what I was doing, but it's in the kitchen cleaning, and looked at a raft of new emails that I'd had just in that couple of hours span from companies saying our tools are now free to schools who need them. Here's what we're doing to support schools. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And I tweeted out that at this point, I can't keep up with all those emails, with all the announcements from companies that are now offering their products for free to schools who need them. It's my most popular tweet of the month so far. <laughs> um, and, you know, most of the reaction to that was just kind of neutral or, you know, a retweet or a like of it. But there are some folks who, Responded to it very skeptically, uh, the, you know the the thought that hey this school you know yeah they're doing it just to hook us in. Call me naive, but I think uh, they're being a little bit more altruistic than that. I would I hope, and I'll talk from my own experience uh, as a small business owner, which which I am, uh, Burn Instructional Media LLC. It's a small business. Do IRS tax filings. IRS classifies me as a small business. At, at times, I've hired people to work for me. I don't now, but uh, at times I have. And I can tell you from you know, in talking with uh, other people in the same position as me or the same space as me, many of us are holding off on marketing some of the things that we had planned to do for our own businesses, right? Uh, kind of out of, res I would say, partly out of respect for what's happening in the world right now. Just doesn't feel very prudent. Um, it, I think it would be very tone deaf to try to be selling, uh, you know, a workshop that you have to travel to. So all I have to say, I've put my promotions for the Practical Ed Tech Summer Camp on hold because uh, I don't think it's, it's I don't think it would be prudent for me to email 30,000 people, that's the number on my mailing list, uh, 
30,000 people and say, hey, travel to Maine right now when the rest of the world is saying, don't travel, right? So, uh, and I know that I have been approached and have gotten many, many emails from people asking for help with uh, you know, making that transition. And that's why I wrote my guide last week. And I'm been trying to answer all those emails as best as I can. Uh, but really, I, I put the guide together to try and just been kind of emailing little snippets of that. Uh, and so I think that most companies are really doing this out of trying to help. I, I don't think many companies are seeing this as an opportunity to seize more customers. That, now, that might be a knock-on effect that happens, but I don't think most companies are, are doing that, at least in the ed tech space. Um, that said, I have gotten a couple emails from some PR firms that are, you know, I would say are trying to do that, but for them, by and large, you know, there's two. I, I can actually think of only two, right? Uh, from PR firms that have done that. Uh, the rest, I think, are, are really, truly um, trying to be helpful as best they can. And it's a weird position to be in, I think, for for an ed tech business because it is a business and you are trying to make money and you want to be viable and you want to you know, support your cust- your existing customers. I don't know why my hat's still going for kids. Sorry. You want to support your existing customers. Um, you want to support... But at the same, you know, and also support other community members who might who might not be your existing customers, who potentially could be your customers in the future. Again, they could potentially be your customers in the future, but I don't think that's really why most of these companies are doing it. It's just my two cents on it. You know, for example, uh, Cisco's WebEx is pretty expensive otherwise, right? Um, the the bigger Zoom packages are pretty expensive otherwise i don't think that when this all dies down that those people who are using webex for free right now are going to suddenly start spending a hundred dollars a month on webex if they don't need it again right same with zoom right the people who are who might get zoom for free now probably aren't going to then stick with a high highly priced subscription plan after the fact again maybe i'm just being naive I don't know. But that's my thoughts on that. All right. Now, in my classroom, uh, some of my students, particularly today, it may just be the students I had today, but uh, some of my students seem a bit unsettled by this. You know, they're watching the news with their parents, and they're, you know, fa- my kids aren't on Facebook, um, you know, but they're, they're, you know, they're getting messages through Snapchat or, you know, other social media forms. And I think, some of my students were a little unsettled of, uh, you know, what's going to happen? You know, are we going to be in school next week? Right. That, I don't know. Um, you know, and I didn't want to make any speculative guesses for my classes. So, so I didn't, but my students definitely seemed unsettled by that. Um, and last but not least, uh, I'm going to share a positive note. My freshmen have been working on these Arduino powered car projects for a while now, uh, a couple of weeks. And for some of them, it's going really well. Uh, I should say it's going well for all of them. Not all of them realize it's going well for them, I think is uh, probably what I'm saying. Because a lot of times, particularly freshmen who are you know, 14, 15 years old, they want to see it done really quick, right? They want to see it done in two classes. 
and what the what I'm asking them to do is not two classes, and it doesn't have a clear cut right and wrong answer, and they struggle with that. But I think they're all doing well. All right. So let's get into some Q and A from questions from listeners, viewers, and readers like you. First up, from Barbara, Richard. Thank you so much for all you create, explore, and share. Um, I'm loving the audio and Google Slides and use it daily to help make contact, content available to all learners. I was teaching some other staff how to do this and we were brainstorming impacts on assessment. I was asked if I knew of an assessment tech tool, preferably free or low cost, that would allow teachers to insert audio, customize the content, and have it graded for you. Show them how to insert links into Google audio links into Google Forms, but notice them teach littles, and we're hoping to avoid links that end up that open up another tab. I've even played around with inserting audio in slides and embedding the slide in a form in a on a Google site. Seems a little cumbersome, so I was wondering if you knew any ready-made tools, Barbara. Barbara, I didn't. As I wrote back to Barbara, I didn't have any ready-made tools. My two suggestions for Barbara were. Try GoSynth. GoSynth is a service for doing threaded audio conversations. Or to try using a speech to text tool, um, speech to text tool to have students respond to Google Forms questions. Other than that, I didn't have a great response. I don't always have a good answer, but those are the answers that I have. Sorry. Moving on to Jose, who asked, I would like to know more about LMS options available on the market. Have you used any? Thank you very much. Yeah, so I use Google Classroom all the time because my school is a G Suite for Education school. So that's what I use. Uh, if I was working in a school district that was married to the Microsoft ecosystem, I'd be using Microsoft Teams. Those are the two, two that I would be using. Um, if neither of those were good options for me, I'd explore something like uh, Otis, who I mentioned earlier, otis.com, or perhaps something like Edmodo or Schoolology. Uh, I have not used Schoolology in years, so I can't really speak to its functionality today. Um, you know, what I use right now is Google Classroom. Other than that, I'd use Microsoft Teams or Otis, which I've used in the past as well. Question from Jim, who writes, I want to begin by thanking you for addressing the fact that many educators are thinking about how to temporarily transition to online classroom. I have been using Google Forms for years, typically to check that they are reading from the textbook and also give the boys the opportunity to take the quiz multiple times. Recently, some of them burning through the quiz fast, almost randomly, so they can see what they got wrong and never allow them to see the correct answers after submission. I'm looking for a way to prevent them from submitting a quiz if they earn less than 50% or any other method of preventing them from blowing through their first attempt. Are you aware of any script add-on or method to help? Thank you. Thank you and peace to you, Jim. So Jim, what I wrote back to Jim is that while there's lots of add-ons, I shouldn't say lots, but there's a handful of add-ons that will impose a time limit on a Google form I'm not aware of any that will impose a minimum time requirement on a Google form. So what I do, and as I wrote back to 
to Jim, I have trouble getting my freshmen to write complete sentences in my computer science class. They think it's computer science, so they can just wing it, right? They don't have to write a complete sentence. What I do is I use the form uh, response validation, which allows me to specify that students have to write X number of characters in their response in order for them to even submit the form. And I sent Jim a screenshot of one of my questions where I have a 70 character minimum and they can't submit the form unless they've written at least 70 characters in response to the question. So it's called response validation. It's in Google Forms. I have a video about it on my YouTube channel. Just search response validation on my YouTube channel. You'll find the video for it. But that's what I do. So that slows them down a little bit. They can't just rush through and it's not just multiple choice, right? So in Jim's case, he might do something like uh, you know, have the students quote a passage from the book or quote a line from the book or something like that. Uh, question from Nancy. Uh, this is great, referring to Watch Together. Do you also have something for Zoom? Is this a better option? Thank you so much, Nancy. So Nancy, uh, I do have a video. I have a videos about both, and I sent Nancy video links to both of them. I think Zoom is a better overall option. There's more tools available in Zoom. Uh, it's probably a better overall teaching tool. That said, it takes a little bit longer to set up and a little bit longer to get students into it. Watch Together is great if you're just looking for that quick video share, and we'll have a discussion about it right now. So, no, Watch Together is not better. It's just easier and faster to set up. Zoom is a better overall option. All right. And the last question I have this week came from Judy, who wrote, Hi, Richard. I appreciate all of your link advice and training. I have a question that I can't seem to find the answer to, and I was hoping you might help. I'm helping a teacher transition from smart files to Google Slides, and she wants to be able to drag weather symbols around on the slide in presenter mode, but when I click the image, it goes to the next slide. Is there a way we can drag those images around without going to the next slide? I have created an image for the background so it doesn't move. I've tried to research this, but no luck. Thank you, Judy. So I wrote back to Judy and confirmed her suspicion that no, you can't drag around the objects while you're in presenter mode. But what I would recommend doing is using the animation tools that are built into Google Slides slide editor, and then the teacher can just tap his or her keyboard or use a clicker, however they control their slides. And when they tap the keyboard or use the clicker, it will move the object, in this case a weather symbol, from one position on the slide to another. Now it takes a little bit more planning on the teacher's side. He or she can't just go up and start moving things around on the, on the slides. So they have to do a little bit more planning in advance, but you know, it does accomplish a very similar goal. Not quite as slick or easy as what you could do on your smart board, but there's your solution. All right. Well, on that note, that concludes this week's episode of the Practical EdTech Podcast. And speaking of podcasts, last week I did a webinar on podcasting. That'll be up on practicaledtech.com later this weekend. If you missed it, you can go there and get it uh, on the on-demand section of practicaledtech.com. 
It'll be up there this weekend. And I hope everyone stays healthy. Wash your hands. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your kids. Bye. <laughs>